uh, Sugar Ferris, Carol Boykin had passing gals, and I worked with them almost from the get-go. I don't know if I'm the first to work with women in, in, in fishing, but I'm one of the first for sure. And this was this would have been the 70s and 80s when they really got started going or started rolling. And my gosh, they had a great tournament series, and they had some they had some ladies out there that knew how to handle a bass boat and knew how to fish. They were good. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your fearless host, Angie Scott. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Woman Angler and Adventurer podcast. I have a very special guest with me this week, a very prolific (laughs) outdoor communicator, uh, 46 plus years in the industry, uh, writing all kinds of stories and uh, doing some great things in the fishing world. Um, actually, a freshwater fishing hall of fame inductee, as well as waterfallers hall of fame inductee, Kenneth Keezer. Kenneth, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Ange. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm excited to have you on because, you know, we we first met, we're both members of Aglow, which is the Association of Great Lake Outdoor Riders, and I remember meeting you for the first time back in 2018 when the conference was in Bismarck, North Dakota, so uh, I'm, I'm excited to finally have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm very proud of the work you're doing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And it, it was fun at that conference. I remember we got to go out fishing together one day on that uh, angler quest. Yeah, we really tore the fish up that day, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I caught a I caught a slimy pike and uh, <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> and I think that was the catch of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a little slow that day, but we still had a great time. It's, it's all about being out yeah. on the water and getting to know each other and and so I learned about a lot about you that day, and uh, I remember you told me some of the things that you've done in fishing over the years, and I kind of wanted to touch on that um, to introduce you to the audience. Um, well, first of all, so you're you're from Missouri, right? I am. I uh, I was born here in 1953, and in 1956, I my great grandparents took me fishing. We would uh, they would. Uh, they had cane poles for me to use. And my great grandma and I sat on a blanket on the bank together and she always brought a tube of lifesavers <laughs> and she would always save me the red, and the green ones. This is uh 60 some years later. And I still remember that. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. I've, I've heard, you know, when, when you introduce kids to fishing, the, the cane pole is actually a really good way to, to do it or something similar because, you don't have distractions of having to learn a reel. Like you're just, mm-hmm. you're just learning to set the hook at that point. Indeed. I teach, uh, so I teach some simplicity on introducing a child to fishing. Uh, these days, normally I, uh, I'll go a Zebco 33 or, you know, a, a spin cast style reel mm-hmm. because it's so easy to use. And, and, uh, most kids pick it up pretty quickly, but you know, when a kid is really small, a cane pole is not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, and you've done quite a bit of work over the years educating kids on fishing, and uh, you also had a program I remember you telling me about uh, uh, specifically for mentally and physically challenged kids. Indeed, I do. Um, I worked with, uh, well, the story goes back quite a ways, and 
maybe I'll get into that when we talk about some of the women that I have uh, worked with in, in fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, Sharon Rushton, but uh, oh my gosh, yes. I started uh, started the uh, uh, my kids fishing, uh, mentally and physically challenged fishing programs uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s. So that's, that is a while. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, was it a video series or what, or a book? No, in them days, uh, they, they were just start, just starting to really do videos. It, mm-hmm. I, I did, a, I wrote a book on it and then uh, wrote just tons and tons of magazine and newspaper articles on it and uh, physically set up these programs for, for people and communities around the United States. Uh we, uh, gosh, I'd hate to think how many thousands and thousands of those kids we've, we had out there. And that's, that's fun work and that's sad work. Boy, mm. you, you get close to some of these kids and some, sometimes they leave you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're not ready to go, but they go and boy, it breaks your heart when they do. What are some of the things that you have to take into, into account when you're trying to teach a mentally or physically challenged kid how to fish? Well, on the phys- physical side, when, uh, when you're, Really, um, when someone is uh, paralyzed, uh, that section of their body, it it doesn't sweat and they can't really feel that it's not sweating. They can't feel how hot it is because they're paralyzed. And uh, it's not unusual for them to get dehydrated. And and it's my understanding that that, uh, physically challenged individuals have outdoors have died Mm. from from dehydration it's that's that's something to really consider on the mental side it's it's just a whole new ball game i'm i am a large person as you know i'm six five and i have a rather deep voice and a rather loud voice uh, and when i uh, am around these kids i will kneel down to them and i will talk to them in a soft voice as possible because if i stand if they have to look up to me and they hear this booming voice it scares some of them mm. So you've really got to be cautious how you approach some of these some of these folks. They just they're very special, and you'll never meet a more loving, happy group. But you've really, really got to be cautious on, especially when you first first meet them. Yeah, well, those are two uh, two good considerations to to keep in mind. I'm actually I'm heading down to Florida here pretty soon to spend a couple months over the winter time. And I like to go down there and fish and do some inshore, inshore uh, fishing a little bit different than freshwater fishing, as I'm sure you're aware. But uh, there's a, a lady down there that I have in the area that I go to Bradenton. And she, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, her name's Chaston Whitfield. I've had her on the podcast before and uh, she takes uh, challenged kids out fishing. And so, I was just you you recounting that just made me think of her. Um so still people out there doing doing that work for for kids and I think that's great. It's um it's important. Uh, our youth have never needed fishing more than they do at this moment. The uh, you know you, you had the, these kids are all looking at uh, social media and they know what's going on in this world. They see all the bad stuff and you have COVID, you have this, and you have that. and They have never needed the good, clean outdoor experience more. And fishing is a beautiful outlet for boys and girls. And I do mean girls as well. And it's very, very important mm-hmm. to get those girls out there too. And, and, and I think I think 
people these days are more aware of that and girls are fishing more. I'm really happy to see it too. That's, that's something I started trying to promote God back early in my career mm-hmm. and, and actually did promote it uh, working with, with certain individuals in the, in the uh, arena. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I love how you've always been a supporter of women in fishing. And uh, another reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast is to kind of talk about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in the day, you know, I, I missed out on this, but I've heard stories of the, the great tournament trail that existed um, with the bass and gals that was led up by Sugar Ferris. And uh, uh, you, you got to work with some of these ladies, right? Uh, Sugar Ferris, Carol Boykin had bass and gals and I work with them almost from the get go. I don't know if I'm the first to work with women in, in, in fishing, but I'm one of the first for sure. And this was, this would have been the seventies and eighties when they really got started going or started rolling. And my gosh, they had a great tournament series and they had some, they had some ladies out there that knew how to handle a bass boat and knew how to fish. Mm. They were good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I wrote, I wrote, editorials for them uh, for their magazine and uh, went to some physically went to some of their tournaments and and worked at them and and just very impressed with with uh many of them uh one was named penny berryman she was the woman looked like a professional fashion model and she was gorgeous and i would have to guess that um that she might have been a model sometime who knows with somebody like that but she was a wonderful person and she was a fabulous fisherman. She, she, she won, she, she went head to head with some men's tournaments and won, won a number of them. Mm. And, and, uh, she was in love with my daughter, my, my little blonde haired daughter at the time, uh, who's now a RN and, and, and has a, her own little blonde haired fisherman that fishes with me, <laughs> uh, little Ellie. But, uh, uh, she was in love with and with Holly and said, if I only live closer to you guys, I'd make her a bassing gal. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always like that. Yeah, that's cool. I've had a, a couple ladies on the show in the past that, that got to fish that tournament trail. Um, uh, one of them's Linda Condor up in Minnesota. I don't know if you're familiar with her at all, but she had some. I, do, I remember her. I remember her name mostly. Okay. Yeah. She had some pretty cool stories to tell. It sounds like these ladies are, you know, it's kind of much like the ladies I fish with today on the, the Lady Bass Anglers Association. Uh, just, you know, they don't care. They get out there and whatever's going on. It could be freezing cold, uh, rain, you know thunder lightning whatever they're out there competing and um they're just gritty i guess is the word and one uh, time i was standing at a boat launch uh, at one of them events and uh i heard a couple of guys say watch this one one of the one of the gals i don't remember which one was backing backing a bass boat down to the water and uh they they thought i guess she i guess they thought she was going to uh uh, uh turn it every direction but straight <laughs> And she she whipped it in there quicker than any of them could have. It, and and I and I'm sitting there going, "Hi, oh, yeah." I didn't say a word. I'm just like I'm sitting there going, "All right, yeah." <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> um, and how many boats did they have back then? Like in their prime, like in a given tournament? Do you do you know? I don't recall. I don't recall ever seeing over forty or fifty. Okay. Cool. But there may have been that I wasn't at every tournament, of course, but the ones I was at anyway, I don't recall seeing much more than that. Uh, if even that many. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you gotta understand it's been a long time ago. Right. But, but, uh, there was, 
what what the thing that really impressed me about it was they got the attention of a lot of other women in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, we were coming out of the era where women were basically considered to be housewives and you know, the sad time when they were the men would go out and hunt and fish and the women would sit home and cook dinner. Mm-hmm. Well, that that has passed. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say it is. Another lady I want to talk about is Sharon Rushton. Sharon was and I were very dear friends. And in fact, at one time, we probably could have been a couple. We were very close, but more close as working friends than we were as, as anything else. And Sharon wrote the program Hooked on Fishing, Not on Drugs, uh, God, back in the back in the 70s. And, and I worked that program with her and Dr. Andrew Klein in Kansas City and other areas. And that's how I happened to start doing my kids' fishing seminars. Uh, Sharon got me started. But uh, she was a bassing gal, and she uh, she she fished in the uh, Bassmaster Women's Circuit, uh, the mm-hmm. short-lived women's circuit that was out there for a while. And she actually won one of the tournaments. Okay. We, we, sad to say, we lost her a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I I did a lot of book signings with her. We were very close, but I wanted to, I just wanted to put her name in there because she was a a woman ahead of her time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad glad you did. We need a mm-hmm. book now, Hooked on Fishing, Not on Social Media. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> Don't we, though? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, it's, it, it, these these stupid uh, screens are addictive, mm-hmm. even, even for us adults occasionally. Yeah, I've been noticing myself. I'm, I'm like, you know what? I really need to limit how many times a day I look at this stuff. <laughs> For more than a hundred years, pheasant hunting has been a storied South Dakota tradition. And for the next century, South Dakota is focused on making pheasant hunting even greater. Welcoming more hunters to the field, showing the hunting community is for everyone. That's a legacy to stand the test of time. Go to HuntTheGreatestSD.com to hear stories from women who hunt and learn what makes South Dakota the world's pheasant capital. That's HuntTheGreatestSD.com. South Dakota, sportswomen, welcome. Do you know, Angie, that I teach hunters education uh, classes. And one of the things I'll tell my class, especially when I have a girl in in the class, which I often do, is um, that women have better hand-eye coordination than men. Uh, And they always have. there, there may be exceptions to the rule. For the most part, they have better hand-eye coordination. Well, in other words, a woman can has a better reaction time on setting the hook on a fish, mm-hmm. or, or or anything like that. And that's that's not that's never really been publicized, but that's a that's a absolute scientific fact. Yeah, a lot of uh, when I go out with fishing guides and then we get into conversation about women and fishing, they often tell me their favorite clients are women because they actually listen to what they're saying instead of trying to, you know, think they know it all and, and do their own thing. And so they ended up often catching more fish than the guys because they're actually listening to what the guide's saying and trying to learn. And, uh, and I think we're a little more patient too, it seems like. I can tell you the same thing about a hunter's education instruction class. Uh, women pay better attention than men do sometimes. Well, we have got now. now I, I, you can't generalize 
you can't say all men, all right. men are all, but, but, you know, as a general rule, the women pay better attention. I, I had one come to a class one time and she said, I have never, ever even touched a gun, but may I take your class? I said, did you sign up for it? Yes. Well, sit down. <laughs> she asked the best questions. She learned the best and she was the only person that day to get a hundred percent on her score. Mm. Yep. I was pretty impressed. And, uh, I think, um, you know, I mean, it's just it's just a time now. It's it's one of the best times ever for women because now they have clothes out there they can wear mm-hmm. for hunting and fishing, and uh, it, and and it's just uh, they have fishing rod and reels more suited to them, mm-hmm. and of course even firearms. So you know, it's just it's these are these are really big t- good times for women in the outdoors. It is, yeah. We're starting to make some strides and uh, still have a ways to go, but it is exciting to see it starting to to come around finally. Well, I'm in your corner. Well. We appreciate your support and, and all the, the male supporters that we have out there because we need them. You know, we're we're all better together. That's just the bottom line. So, well, yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, these kids have never needed uh, the outdoors more. And when I do a fishing seminar and I teach, you know, uh, uh, healthy kids seminars as well. Uh, and sometimes I just do fishing seminars. And when I do, uh, it's not unusual whatsoever to have. Uh, a a woman woke up and say she's a single mother and she wants to know how to take her kids fishing. And I try to do what I can to, uh, to talk her through it. I did write a book on it. And if I have a copy, I'll give it to them. And I'm getting ready to start doing um, uh, a series of fishing seminars and, and probably possibly a new book uh, for the church where I go. Uh, it, but it's a, it's a large church with a lot of outlets. So Mm -hmm. I'll be uh, doing this uh, program in a lot of different churches, I think, and just trying to introduce these kids to fish and get them out there. Yep. That's it. And we need to, you know, in order for the future of the sport, we've got to get the kids involved. And so that's, that's great. Thank you for everything you're doing to, to promote the sport of fishing and everything you've done. Um, so I'm going to turn the, the tide just a little bit. Um, I mentioned we met at the Agola Conference in Bismarck back in 2018. Another person I think both of us met for the first time at that conference was a guy named Jeff Dublin. And uh, he and his wife, Mandy, have had Mandy on the show in the past, but they had recently take, taken over a very uh, historic company. In fact, next year they're going to be going into their 70th uh, anniversary. And the company I'm talking about is Al's Goldfish Lure Company. And you had a, a interesting connection. I remember you saying, "Oh man, I love Al's. I I use that as a kid." Uh, talk a little bit about that that lure and why it's so special to you. Well, it started out years ago uh, on this on on March the first uh, every year. At the lake where I live, they would stock trout, and uh, at, they'd let it sit for a couple of days, and then they were allowed to fish for them. So, me and the, me and my buddies from high school and, and and junior high, we would hike over to the area, the da- the dam area, and we would uh, fish on the shoreline and catch trout every year. We just absolutely loved it, but we were always trying to find a better spoon to use because that's basically we use spoons and spinners. That's all we used. And, you know, power bait, of course, hadn't been invented yet. And so we're, um, we're, 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 um, 
my father and I were down at a hardware store in North Kansas City, Missouri, and there was a card there, and it had these little goldfish on them with treble hooks, and you could see the shine from across the room practically. And it was, and I walked over and looked at them, and they were called Al's Goldfish. So I told my father I'd like to have one. He says, "Hey, Kenny, those things cost a dollar twenty-five. I'm I'm not sure we can spend that today." I said, "Dad." I'll, work, I'll, I'll, I'll throw hay bales, anything. I want one. I want to try one. So he, he gave in. He bought me one, $1.25. The, the, day, the day we went fishing, I didn't tell the boys I had a different lure because I, I had no idea what it was going to do. I didn't know what it looked like in the water. And I didn't know if I had just thrown it away to $1.25. And, and in 19, 1964 or 65, $1.25 meant more than it does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even buy a candy bar for it now, but I uh, I cast that sucker in, and on the second cast, I wailed into a big trout, fought him, got him in. Second cast, the next cast, another trout, bang bang, just like that. Limit was two, I was done. And the boys, I got their attention. Suddenly, what are you using? Now I've got this lure. Well, can we use it? No. So. <laughs> Pretty soon, they're trying to get it any way they can, include steal it from me. I, I'm not letting them get it. And finally, I just gave up and said, okay, go ahead and try it. On the second cast, he hung it on a crappie bed and lost it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but we, by that time, we all knew about it. We knew where to find them. So we all went down there and, uh, with our parents, and we, and we bought uh, more of them. And my gosh, I had a love affair with it. Uh, and I had several long after they went out of business and uh, I, I used them until I, I lost them all. They just, eventually they were gone. They, they drop fast and, and you can't hang them on brush, but boy, let me tell you, they have the best deep wobble and they have the great flash. It's one of the, probably one of the best lures for attracting fish with flash I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 you're a, uh, you're a good angler. You 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 probably have have noticed the same thing. Yeah, I love the the action on them. Um, I love mm-hmm. how far you can cast them. That's oh yeah, one of my favorite things about it. Um, and you know, I've used it in bass tournaments before where nothing was working at all, and then mm-hmm. you catch a fish. You know, so there's definitely something to be said for the Al's goldfish lures. I always have one tied on, ready to go if I need it, and um. And, you know, I, gosh, what was it? Oh, the, the Glow Conference in La Crosse, Wisconsin. We took the Angler Quest out again um, with Mandy from Owls, and she caught her first walleye on one of oh, the Owls goldfish, nice. which is really cool. <laughs> we, it was, again, yes. another situation. None of us were catching anything. Mandy's out there casting this Owls out in no man's land. And I'm like, what is she doing? She ain't going to catch anything. And she reels in this really nice walleye. <laughs> I, I love it when good things happen to good people, don't you? I do. Yeah, I was so happy for her. That was awesome. And, oh yeah, they, they're they're the best people. They're, they're nice people. They're they're very humble people, and they're really, really, really doing a great job with this company. I I am so pleased to uh, uh, that they uh, considered uh, making me a bit of a part of it. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Last year, you had something really, really exciting come out just in time for Christmas. And here we are again, just Christmas coming up this year. So talk a little bit about uh, what, what you guys did last year with Owls. Well, you know, after after all the accolades of my of my 40-some year career and all the, all the good things that's happened, and 
everything. This is one of the highest honors ever paid to me, and I really am proud of it. And because of my history with Al's Goldfish, they named uh, one of their products after me. They call it Kenny's Christmas Kit, or in the and when after Christmas, Kenny's Kit, which is uh, either four or uh, let's see. I got look at the I got the big box here. The four is one I usually use. Either four or uh, uh, six. Of, of their best spoons, the ones I picked out, uh, my, my choice, my colors, uh, and uh, the ones that are, to me, are the most productive. And they and they sell these things for a really good price, too. You know, it's not a $1.25 alert anymore. But <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Yeah, they've definitely but, gone up. But you know what? They're made right here in the USA. And that's mm-hmm. something really special about Al's Goldfish Lure Company. And so it's worth... Uh, not only are they great lures, but to support a company that you know manufactures their lures here in the United States is great and worth paying a little, you know, a little more for. I think. And so this this kit or the Christmas kit, um, it comes in a really nice case, uh, labeled, and uh, you got like you said your hand picked uh, favorite L's. Goldfish lures right there in the kit makes and my signature <laughs> and your signature yeah and it makes a great uh, Christmas present so anybody that's uh, still looking for ideas for their uh, angler friends or want to introduce somebody new to fishing that would be a great starter kit yeah you know if someone is really worried about you know with it with the shipping problems this year. If someone's worried about getting presents on time, Al's will get them to you within a couple of days. And is this available in stores or do they need to go to the website to order it? Well, I think the kit has to be delivered off their website. Uh, you, you of course, can get Alice Goldfish at uh, uh, Bass Pro Shop and probably Cabela's too, definitely Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, I've seen but, them all uh, over Bass Pro. To get the Kenny's Christmas kit, I think you have to go through their website and alsgoldfish.com i guess yep nice and simple you just go to alsgoldfish.com i just brought up the the kit on the website here i've got it in front of me so like like kenny mentioned you got the four lure option or if you want a little bit bigger a couple other extra options you've got the six lure kit and both of them have just that really nice little um tackle box that they come in and uh, it's just perfect christmas gift so yeah uh, Go to alsgoldfish.com. Uh, you can just search for uh, Christmas kit, and it will come right up. So this this is not a gimmick lure either. This is one of the best you can you can well, arguably the best spoon in in, in my opinion the best, and uh, certainly I've caught more on it, it, it than any other spoon. So awesome. I've been fishing for oh gosh a long time. Yeah, and uh, and just really well made. Um, you know, going to last a long time as long as you don't get it hung up in a brush pile. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and, and and it will catch any fish that eats fish. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've caught bass. Mandy cut that walleye. Um, you've, mm-hmm. you know, you've used them crappie. for trout. Big, big time crappie lure. Yeah. And uh, even ice fishing. You know, those of you that are into ice fishing, they make uh, lures that are great for jigging in the ice. So, and uh, I'm going to um, be chatting with another angler, uh, TJ Gramberg. I'm, I don't know if you know TJ, but uh, she loves them for ice fishing. And now I don't ice fish because I live in Missouri, but uh, <laughs> is it the flash of the lure that makes it so good in that? 
I think so. Yeah, it definitely mm-hmm. catches a fish's eye for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So cool. irresistible. <laughs> cool. Well, awesome. Um, anything else you want to touch on or you, you kind of mentioned some things that you've got coming up with that uh, possible project with your church, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, any, mm-hmm. Anything else? Any other conferences coming up for you or? Oh, just business as usual on this end, right? I'm still writing magazine and newspaper articles. If uh, you can Facebook friend me and uh, probably see some of this stuff, or you can Google Kenneth L. Kieser, K-I-E-S-E-R, and see a whole bunch of stories and stuff. I don't even know what all's there. They, <laughs> and you can do Kenneth L. Kieser, you can do Kenny Kieser, and you can do Ken Kieser, and all three names will, will bring up different stories I've written over the last X number of years. So it's... So if you want to check out some of my stuff, please do. I, I and some of my books. I've I've written nine books, so yeah. please check them out too. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. I mean, you're a multi-award winning outdoor communicator. And so and and as I mentioned in the introduction, uh Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame inductee, which is just incredible. Do you know how you know how to become a uh, a rich outdoor writer? You know what the secret <laughs> is? I'm sure there's a, a funny uh, antidote there. <laughs> M- marry a rich spouse. There you That's go. How you become a, fit, a rich outdoor writer. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tough gig, but you get to experience amazing things, and I think that maybe is the trade off there. Well, you do, and and yeah, the perks are beyond imagination. Imagine getting paid for hunting and fishing. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of Bro. people get to do that, so. Rough life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so glad we had the opportunity to do this. And uh, hope everyone goes to ellsgoldfish.com and checks out Kenny's Christmas kit. A Merry Christmas to you, and you keep up the good work. I'm proud of what you're doing. Thank you so much. I'll do my best. All right. <laughs>